my friends, and welcome to the Experience Our Industry podcast series. I am super excited today to be here with Brittany Glassnow, uh, the uh, the events marketing manager for Google Cloud and a 2013 graduate of our program. Hi, Brittany. Hi, so great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, of course. And I know that I pronounced your name correctly, right? This time we, yes, we nailed it. We just uh, we just talked about it. You wouldn't have corrected me anyway, but uh, <laughs> but uh, I, but uh, I love that. You know, I was telling Brittany a couple of minutes ago. Um, her um, her first cousin is that right? First cousin. That's correct. Yeah. yeah, her first cousin is is Tyler Glassnow, and um, Tyler uh, pitched uh, Game One and Game Five of the World Series for the Tampa Bay Rays. And um, I was telling Brittany when she when she told me about this, I did not realize that her first cousin was Tyler. And I, I told her he was on my fantasy baseball team this past year, and uh, it was great. Uh, it was great to learn that that there's a connection there. So very cool. I know. I love it. There have been times I've been on vacation and someone has seen my last name and then I've said, oh yeah, I'm related to Tyler Glass now. And they tell me they're, oh, he's on my fantasy baseball team. I love hearing it every time. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, not every, their team is super underrated. So it's not like you have these huge celebrities, but every so often right. I get one or two people that recognize right. it and ask me. Right. Um, and I'm like, yeah, actually we're related. Right. Our dads are brothers. <laughs> right. And it's a good thing he's an ace, right? Because I mean, you know, the, he, he helps people's fantasy teams. Teams, you know, you're not you're not getting the opposite. Like, man, that yeah. bum really blew up my uh, blew up my season. <laughs> Absolutely, and you know, it's it's so funny because you have the really uh, living up in the Bay Area, the Giants fans, which are just major fans, and so of they course. dislike the Dodgers, and so they're automatically Rays fans, and then exactly. you have those that are the that really hate the Astros because of you know the last year's whole situation that went on. And so then they really wanted them to beat the Astros. So it was cool to kind of have this fan base that was (laughs) really just rooting for a race, which doesn't have a very large fan base out of Tampa. Unfortunately, Florida, I just other than the colleges, it feels like they don't have a huge fan base for their Mm -hmm. sports teams. So the Rays are underrated and really, you know, the we were really hoping for the win, but it's okay. We were so proud okay. of them. They yeah, did great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the experience alone of getting to do that with your with your family. That's so cool. Well, let's um let's let's talk about you. You know, we're gonna get to um your position with Google and actually we'll get to a, a couple of the positions you've had with Google, right? I mean, you yeah. uh yeah. you you uh you worked for them and then left and then came back, right? And um, No, I've actually or, been or there not. for seven straight years. Oh, I've just my done goodness. different teams. I, yeah. I looked at it wrong. I'm sorry. Yeah. I was thinking that Gradient Ventures was something else, but I now that I look at it, I realize that's part of the Google's AI fund. So you've Correct. been with Google for seven years now. So that's awesome. Yeah. I'm excited to to uh, let our listeners hear all about that. Um, but but let's go back in time first. And uh, I take it you're you're from the Bay Area. Is that right? No. So I actually grew up in Santa Clarita. Uh, so it's where Six Flags Magic Mountain is. That's our claim to fame. Of so course. just yeah. inland LA in the Valley. Oh, well, um, and, Born and, and raised there. Very <laughs> cool. So did you grow up a Dodgers fan? 
You know what? It's so funny you say that. I did. I grew up a Dodgers fan, actually. I went to many Dodgers games. I actually was talking to Ted, which is Tyler's brother, Uh because we grew up 15 minutes from each other, and they went to Hart High School. I went to Canyon High School. We were rival high schools. Um, And I asked Ted, weren't you a Dodgers fan growing up? He's like, I actually didn't even like baseball until Tyler played. (laughs) And I was like, well, (laughs) I went to plenty of Dodgers games growing up. That's wild. That is so wild. Well, I love that. that that's cool. So, so what were you, what was it like growing up in Santa Clarita? Were you um, were you a sports kid? Were you drama, arts? What were you into? Yeah, I played all sorts of different sports. My parents were very much into the like try everything out, let them choose what they like, don't force them into anything. But we, my mom always was a huge. Uh, proponent of organized activities and sports. My mom herself actually had a full ride scholarship in tennis, coached tennis oh, at no Cal State way. Northridge. Oh, no um, oh, cool. Yeah. And so she was always huge, but she never forced tennis on my sister or I, I have oh. a younger sister. Um, and we played, oh my gosh, I played soccer. I swam. I, w- I did ballet and all sorts of dance. Um, uh-huh. My sister did karate and uh, all, we tried so many things. But in high school, I actually, um, I did both swim and soccer. And then half halfway through, I decided I was over soccer. I wasn't doing the club thing. So I told my mom, I would love to learn tennis and you better believe she was so excited to hear that. And so <laughs> yeah. all summer long, we, she taught me how to play tennis. And then I yeah, tried out awesome. when the summer was over and joined JV. And she of course had to become a coach for the high school because she was of just course. thrilled yeah, and course. remained a coach at the high school for about two years after we graduated. So. That is wild. That is so cool. I love that. Yeah. So speaking of your parents, what did, what did your parents do when you were growing up? I guess you already just said your mom was a tennis coach. Was that what she was doing for the most of your growing up or? No. So this was just her her side gig, really. She and my dad both still to this day um, are small business owners in Santa Clarita. Um, My parents work together. My dad has owned the company for 46 years. Uh, He went to the same junior high and high school that I went to in Santa Clarita. Um, So he knows that town like the back of his hand. And my mom was an entrepreneur prior to meeting him. She Uh owned a nutrition company, lived in Uh Santa Monica. Um, it was called Finhal. So she actually made her own um, protein bars and protein like meal um, replacement shakes. Right. She did underwater weighing, which was really cool at the time. Um, and then she just decided like this business wasn't for her. And she met my dad and then started working for my dad. And they've, I mean, gosh, they've worked together, I think at this point, like over 35 years. So wow. it must yeah. really be love if they can work together. I know. Right? <laughs> I always commend them for it. I'm like, I right. literally don't know how you do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, that's what people people say about uh, me and Dr. Rue, of course, that we work together. And it's like, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm like, well, yeah, you know, you have to love each other and you have to appreciate each other. And, um, so and you have to so give true. each other enough space uh, afterwards, yeah. after work, you know, <laughs> but, uh, so but anyway, true. that is cool. So good to hear. So um, what tell me about um, how you ended up at Cal Poly? Is there a connection? Um, is there? Uh, how, how did you end up here? Yeah. Great question. Uh, So one other thing I left out when I talked about the kind of person I was in high school, I also was in uh, ASB, so Associated Student Government or Student Body. And I was vice president of ASB and, you know, very, very committed to trying to be involved in all of the things. Um, 
I, I look back at myself and actually just attended my 10 year uh, high school reunion last November. And it was so interesting to go back and be like, I had so many different groups of friends because of all these different things I was involved in, which is great because, you know, you know, just have a lot of people to kind of stay in touch with. But um, I actually had no idea what I wanted to do going into college. I, you know, was a pretty good student in high school, obviously an overachiever, um, you know, did pretty well in classes and was looking around. I knew I wanted to stay in California. I applied to mostly all of the UCs. And Cal Poly was one of those that I'd heard about. Um, and I, growing up in Santa Cruz, was only about a three-hour drive from there, uh, south of there. Um, and a friend of mine actually wanted to do veterinary sciences. And so she told me oh. she was going to go up and visit for an agricultural day um, to check out the college and if I wanted to come with her. And I said, sure, why not? Yeah, let's do it. Went yeah. with her. Turns out that entire day was dedicated to the whole ag department. Right, right and. Yeah. We are in a, and I remember this vividly, like we're sitting in a large, I can't remember the exact location, but um, we're sitting in a large auditorium and then they say, all right, we have all of the departments, look around and choose to split up into the one that you're interested in. And I just remember sitting there and looking and it was like soil science and crop <laughs> science. <laughs> and, right. and I was like, from the Valley of LA, I'm like, I don't even know what these things are. <laughs> right. So I look over and there's um, recreation parks and tourism administration. And my mom came to and she goes, well, that's like parks and rec. And I had a friend that did that. Why don't you just wander into that one? And I was like, yeah. okay, sure. Sure. So, why not? Sure. Why not? Sounds fun. Like, I know I don't want to be a vet and I don't, I don't know anything about soil or, or crops. Right, right. So let's, let's do that one. And um, I remember there were like, only like 10 or 13 people that were a part of it. Everyone had kind of seemed to go into like wine and viticulture. Yeah. yeah. That's not really our day. That's not really our day. Ag day. You know, (laughs) so uh, you know what? We don't have that many of that day. And that's okay. So underrated because I remember sitting in there and this presentation came up and I think it was like Cynthia Moyer. And it was like, do you want to plan the Olympics? Do you want to do And I was like, oh my gosh, yes. (laughs) This is exactly what I want to do. Well, especially being an ASB, like I mentioned, I thought I was going to go undeclared or communications or business. Um, But nothing really like spoke to me in any Mm -hmm. of those things. And seeing this, I thought, wait, you can literally do what I'm doing with like ASB as a career. Like I can plan things and I can, I can do the Olympics. I could do sporting events. This is all stuff that was a part of my life that I really enjoyed, but I just didn't ever think about making that a career or knew how to make that a career. Right. Um, so I was, I mean, that was a monumental moment for me. I love and that. I was what like, I must apply. Yeah. yeah serendipity I apply. there. I love that. <laughs> yeah. That especially is, uh... cause you can't go into Cal Poly without a major. So I knew I had to declare something and I was so glad I had. This right. Right. For. Well, I love it. I, I love hearing that story. That's such a great story. Um, so I, I know once you got here to Cal Poly that you were, you were super involved. And um, so, uh, and, and now I, I see why we, we share that uh, ASB. Uh, I was an <laughs> AS. I, I was, uh, you know, I, I don't, don't be a meanie vote for greenie. That was my, uh, that was my slogan. Uh, Mine was the- <laughs> Brit is legit. It's legit. I love it. You gotta have a good rhyme. You gotta have a good rhyme in there to get people. You know, Uh, and and the same thing. Like when I would go to reunions, like people would be like, "Oh, don't be a meanie, vote for Greenie." You know, and I'm like, "There you go." I was like, you know, and and you know, for me, uh, being a lot older than you, um, you you forget those things. So people call me Greenie, and I haven't been I hadn't been called Greenie, and like. 
you know, 25 years. I'm like, what the heck? Where did that come from? Oh yeah, that slogan. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but so let's talk a little bit about your time at Cal Poly. I mean, I know you were super involved. You were, you were president of the RPTA club. You were yep. vice president of RoFi, and <laughs> and um, you were involved in in Week of Welcome and all of that. Yeah. Um, are Are there any things that really stand out, like um, those enduring memories, like that one that that one time on Bishop's Peak, or or any? <laughs> anything that really stands out over your four years? Absolutely. I loved Cal Poly. It was so great. I mean, I loved it so much. My sister who's three years younger than me, she also went, she was in food science and um, also in the ag department. Um, so I made an impact on, you know, somebody else too, to want to go there. Yeah. But, um, you know, being a wow leader was great. It was such an awesome experience. That was super fun. Of course it plays into all of the things that I love to do, which is plan and uh, have fun like be around others and work with others. Um, yeah, so I was super involved. It was always something where I knew I wanted to give back to um, the RPTA department, which obviously is no longer called that, but part of the RPTA club and also Rofi Lambda were just ways for me to just further get involved, get to know more people in, in our department. We were lucky to have a small department, so we were really close, but yeah. I remember specifically planning um, one of our auctions and being involved in that, and that was super, mm -hmm. super great for me. I, like I mentioned, I was an overachiever, to be honest. And I applied, mm -hmm. I tried for everything and I tried to get yeah. involved in everything, yeah. mostly for the networking and the connections, but also yeah. too, because I just felt like that was going to be the experience that I needed. And yeah. I remember, I think even as a freshman, raising my hand and asking if I could be a part of the planning committees for these auctions yeah. and uh, met so many of the seniors. I'm like still friends actually with some of the people who actually it. were Aaron Crosby, for instance, is one I remember was a senior on that planning committee and uh -huh. she works at Google and we were on the same, just happened to be on the same team in Google play for multiple years. I still stay in touch with her. Oh, we're still that's friends. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. I love that. So, I love hearing stories like that. It's so fabulous. Now, now you have another, um, you have another thing on your record when you were here at Cal Poly that I want you to to speak about, if you don't mind. Tell us about your time in in Sydney. You you uh, oh, uh, you studied abroad at the International College of Management, and I know we have um, we've had a number of students over the years who have done yeah. that. Um, but uh, th those that I've talked to about it just seem like such a great experience. What what was it like for you? Totally. Thank you for bringing that up. That was absolutely one of the best experiences I've had. Um, to date, really, and also in college. I'm so glad I studied abroad. Um, that was one of those things where I remember my parents telling me, if you're going to study abroad, you're going to pay for any difference in your tuition. And I was like, I will do whatever it takes yep, <laughs> to, yep. to study abroad. And I remember doing so much research and going to all of those different uh, fairs for it and mm. the office hours for it, because I really wanted to make sure I was making the right decision. And I had gone between studying on the Gold Coast, where they had also had um, vari various different event management uh, colleges. Mm -hmm. But then ICMS really stuck out to me. I mean, first of all, the college looks like Hogwarts. It's so cool. It's, it's beautiful. It's amazing. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. It's a castle. I mean, Nicole Kidman and Keith Urban were married there. They shot The Great Gatsby there. Like, it's just incredible. Yeah, but insane. I also thought like how cool I never had had an experience where you live in the same place that you go to school. So yeah. our dorms were on the top two, uh, top uh, three and four layer. And then on two and one, there were, you ate in there. There was an entire dining room that the actual students worked in. So uh -huh. to me, it was really that learn by doing mentality, right. just like Cal Poly had. Yep. Um, 
I was at that time, though other other RPTA majors had done it. Uh, I was the only one that went during uh, the quarter that I did. Yeah. And um, I mean, it was just amazing. I met so many people from all over. I'm not even kidding you. I still stay in touch with those people. Oh, I sure. still do Zoom calls with them. Oh, uh, sure. That's awesome. I'm still friends with, there were 90 Norwegians that studied abroad. I'm still friends with multiple of them. Oh, wow. A lot of the a lot of the people from the US I still stay in touch with and there a lot of them are still event professionals or in business and mm-hmm. it's it was just so great. I think the biggest thing was um we took really awesome classes. I I remember in particular taking a couple of hotel management classes which I didn't know if that was something I was going to go into but I thought it was super interesting and possible yeah. and that possibility was there. And we learned the entire back-end uh, process of how you manage the hotel computers. And I don't know that I'll ever use that, but it was still very fascinating to right, go into that right. yeah. detail and depth. And, and we got to see all sorts of Sydney and we got to see the opera house and we would do field trips all over. And it was just a super immersive experience. But again, that learned by doing. Right. Um, and I will never, ever forget my experience there. It was I incredible. Sure, I'm sure. And don't you have to dress up? Aren't they like really yeah. super professional? Yeah, I thought yeah. I remember that too. Yeah. That's uh, another thing I had never had to do in my life yeah, is wear yeah, a uniform. And that's like never, a, I would always a get a experience, school. right? Yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love that. That's so cool. So, so let's, um, so, uh, after Cal Poly, so you, um, your official internship, what was your, yeah. was your official internship with George P. Johnson, right? No. So no. I actually have a little bit of a different path, I would say than some. So okay. I'm going to back up a little bit just to say that I'm a little different because in the summers, most people would do internships, uh, at wineries or they would go like Visa Tui was a popular one, or they would uh-huh. do George P. Johnson. Uh-huh. I was unique in the fact that I would go back to Santa Clarita every summer and I was a lifeguard and yeah. it was still RPTA related, but, of course, um, yeah. but it was just a way for me to kind of still be, um, still have an opportunity. I made pretty good money. I would go home. I'd be with my parents. Mm-hmm. I, uh, made a ton of friends. I actually was uh, a senior lifeguard. So I had a leadership role right. and it was an awesome opportunity just to say like, I still get to like be not a kid, but I still get to like have a bit of that freedom still right, and have right. a flexible schedule. But yet I was still very involved in school and I had all of that right. on my resume and I had good grades, but I didn't do traditional internships over the summer, which I know is very different right. than what we encourage many people to do and a lot are doing. Right. Um, right. But I but- still felt like it tied in well with a lot of the experience. Later right. And I love it. And I, and I, I love that you brought that up because it, um, y- you know, one of the things that I, that I teach in my sport management classes is, um, y- you know, I've had students over the years, I, I, I used to do like a final interview, right. Where students come in and they have to like draw on experiences that they've, they've had mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. say why they would get this position with the Lakers or with, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, um, uh, the University of Texas um, athletics department, right? Sure. And um, and some of the ones, some of the students over the years who were the best at um, at, at interviewing and, and at talking about their experiences were ones that had jobs like mm-hmm. you're talking about, whether it be mm-hmm. a lifeguard or or I remember this one student talking about growing up on on her dairy farm, you know, sure. and 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 that work ethic there, and 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 another student talking about like planning prom. I mean, you know, and it's yeah. like, yeah. those are things that if you relate it positively and mm-hmm. if you have a mentality when you're doing it, that you're mm-hmm. learning, you know, one of the things that I, um, one of the greatest 
uh, a story that a student just stuck with me um, once was um, she said, well, um, I, I was interviewing her as an inter- it was her internship mm-hmm. and I was interviewing her and she said, I, I have to be honest, I don't really feel like I've learned a great deal over the last four years. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh my God, I, I like, you would think that as an educator that that would yeah. hurt me uh, as a person, but sure. really it actually like reflected so negatively on her and her orientation. Right. I'm like, how could you, how could anyone go through four years of doing anything yeah. and not learn? Like you're learning, you should be every learning day. every day, right? No matter yeah. what you're doing. And so I was just like, I was blown yeah. away and I didn't know how to respond without making her feel horrible. So instead I, I just internalized it in front of her, yeah. you know, and made yeah. it and was like, well, you know, we'll try to do better. And um, so I love, I love hearing you say that. I mean, you know, any, any position that you have, you can learn so much. And when you think about being a lifeguard, I mean, that's, that's such an important position. I mean, geez, people totally. are entrusting you to watch their kids yeah. and make sure yeah. they don't drown, yeah. you know? And so, totally. Uh, and, and what's really interesting about a job like that too, is it's very regimented. Like you have a mm-hmm. clear procedure that you have to go through every day. Mm-hmm. Um, you are responsible for people's lives. So you have an extensive training that goes in prior to that as well. Right. Um, I also like made a lot of connections that way. There were people that wanted me to do private swim lessons. I was able to do adaptive swim lessons, which to oh. me was one of the most rewarding experiences I ever had. I, I did like water aerobics, but also working with kids that, you know, were in wheelchairs and, uh-huh. um, you know, that would have seizures and all these things that you were so, you had to be so careful, but also so mindful. Mm-hmm. And they were one-to-one and it was probably one of the best summers I ever had because you had to be super mindful. I would have to think about what I was, you know, putting in this, like, um, like almost like a teacher, I had to put together my own agenda for what I was going to teach that day and, and also keep their attention and make sure that you're watching them at all times. So there's a lot Of of responsibility, especially I did it for four years from the age of like, I think it was 16 until about, um, 18, uh, sorry, I did it from 14 until 18. So every summer, um, I, I pretty much, I'm not doing my math correctly. I did it from 16 until 21, um, <laughs> right. every single summer during college. It's like, that no, math is not coming out. Yeah. Um, but it's just the responsibility that you had. And I have to say to your point, um, those experiences to draw on, you get leadership experience, you're around other people, you get to train others. Mm-hmm. Um, you are teaching people, you have to be patient with them. You have yeah. to, I'd have a swim lessons with six kids and I'd have to keep them all wrangled together, <laughs> right. like not to go to the deep end. So yeah. facilitating I, that is like an amazing, it's like way harder all, than any event sure. you put on. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I like other, other random things I got to do. I was a synchronized swimming judge at one point, like all these things I never had experienced. And I was always a swimmer, but like never did these. And so right. uh, I would have to watch, you know, a water pole, all these things. So it was just a really good experience. And so I'll I'll kind of tie back to your question. So my internship um, was actually at Netflix. Uh, I had gotten offered a role at Netflix and and pretty much asked Cynthia Moyer, who is my advisor, Uh could I use this as my internship? And she said, yes, as long as you go through the motions of having them sign off on it and you get your reviews and you go through it. And I will, I'm going to also give like a teachable moment here too. I have to say, uh, I never thought, I didn't even know if I'd ever end up in the Bay area. I didn't know if I'd ever work in tech and it's amazing how, you know, how much the industry has grown here. I always thought I would end up back in Southern California. Right. And 
coincidentally enough, um, the biggest lesson I have to say is it's all about who you know and the connections that you make. And if I have to tell anybody anything, be nice to people and just be open-minded and be curious. So I, um, I was in theta also, I was in cap alpha theta as part of one of the other things I did at Cal Poly. Right. Of course. And my going into my senior year, I was at a holiday party. I was at a new year's party up in San Francisco with a few of the girls I was in theta with. Uh And at that new year's party, I ran into a girl named Caitlin who was three years old. She had been four years older than me. Uh She was in. And I ran into her and I said, you know, I'm friends with you on social media and I see you work at Netflix and your job looks amazing. And, um, it's just super interesting. And I'd love to just chat with you. And she said, we're actually interviewing. If you want to send me your resume, I'd be happy to take it. And I was like, absolutely. So yeah, that night, <laughs> New Year's happens. I send her my resume, like immediately following that, get it all ready, send it. Mm-hmm. Didn't really think she was a recruiter at Netflix. And I right. didn't really think I had the applicable um, qualifications for that. But I thought, why not? Right. Um, sent her my resume. And I remember weeks, la- like two weeks later, I received a call um, and did an interview. And I I will say not to toot my own horn, but um, to your point, I have to say I've always been good at interviewing. I think mm, A, I, I'm good right. at connecting with people, but also right. I think I am able to really tie back to the experiences that I've had. Yeah. Both A, at Cal Poly, you know, really going out there, I didn't have a ton of applicable work experience, but I had but I had done so many things where I was a leader and I had right. stuck myself, like put myself out there and yeah. you know, been a been a president and been a VP and yeah. was able to tie into those. But also the biggest thing for me is the research. I I literally studied yeah. 143 pages of their culture deck. <laughs> I literally looked up everything I could find about Netflix. Netflix for just it. just to give you reference in 2013 was like or even before that was not a thing. Like right. they were <laughs> I was going to say they were yeah, they right. were <laughs> they were DVDs that got sent to you in the mail. They yeah. are not what they are today. And so right. I looked into so much of that and just prepared myself and I remember them telling me that I was one of the most impressive people that they'd interviewed because I looked up the competitors and I looked up that I like knew all the things about their, their culture deck. And, um, I ended up getting that role and I was, I mean, I was shocked and had no idea I would ever get that. Um, I actually was interviewing for George P. Johnson at the same time and I was offered Ah. both. And I just was like, how do I pass up Netflix as a researching recruiter? And, um, I took that, uh, and, that was, I mean, it was, such and then a you ended experience. up getting the George P. Johnson position anyway, right after that. <laughs> so I did. So I did. Yeah. yeah. So I'm a, I'm a little backwards. It's funny because yeah, so I did right. the, I did the internship slash I was on, con- I was contracted as a, re- a researching recruiter at Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, and I literally started a week after I graduated, I moved to uh, Campbell, which, cause they were located uh-huh. in Los Gatos, didn't uh-huh. know anything about it. Uh-huh. Um, but found a place and, 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 uh, moved up there. So my contract, this is actually a kind of interesting part, a blip on the radar, but an interesting part of my career journey. Uh-huh. Um, my biggest lesson for people would be, uh, it never really goes the way you expected or planned it to go. Right. I thought this was <laughs> right. like the biggest accomplishment I'd ever had in my life. I thought this was like, <laughs> you know, the most amazing thing. How, right. how could I get a job at Netflix? And my contract after um, a couple of months was just not extended. I wasn't offered a full-time role. And I remember being crushed. Like I felt like I had failed and I 
had done something wrong and I'm a, you know, overachiever, right. people right. pleaser. This was super hard for me had to, to kind of, hard, yeah. yeah, it was tough. And I was like, okay, I expected to head it out of the park, show everyone and prove. And I worked so hard every day. I worked so hard, worked my butt off to try to prove myself and get there. Um, but you know, when I look back at things, it was just, it was just not a fit for me. And it, you right. know, it all works out. I'm like, I've been at Google for seven years now and I like know that that's the place I'm meant to be. But yeah. Um, I actually, the contracting agency that I was uh, contracted through for Netflix asked me when I was done with my contract, would you like us to submit your resume to Google? And I said, absolutely, yes. Never in a million years did I think I would put my resume into Google. I didn't think I could ever work there. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, and so I said, yes. And while I waited, I, I reached back out to George P. Johnson and I said, hey, I know you had offered me that a you know, uh-huh. couple of months ago. Um, would that still? offer still be on the table if I interviewed again? And they said, yes. And so I joined like 13 other colleagues at George P. Johnson who had been there now for a while doing their internships. And I'm saying like Kiefer, Eric Duarte, um, uh, all sorts of different, uh, you know, graduates were there and it was super fun to reunite with them. And for three months I worked there and I just slowly interviewed with Google while I was there. And finally, one day I got the call of like, do you want to come in for an on-site interview? And I was thrilled. (laughs) Yeah. I am so happy to hear that story. <laughs> what an awesome story, Brittany. I just love it. Um, so so let's talk about Google. I mean, under your belt, you have, I mean, there's no way we could go through even like half of the things that you've done with Google. But um, but uh let let's talk about your time there. I mean, you know, it's such a obviously it's such an iconic brand and and everyone the world over knows knows it as a brand and and there's even been like movies you know that have been done about the about the being a google employee and and all of that so i don't quite honestly Brittany, i'm not even really sure where to start in terms of asking you questions about you know but, but i guess we'll start with um what what's what's an average day like um in uh in, in the day of uh, the events marketing manager for Google Cloud. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been doing this role for about two years now. And uh, specifically, it is trade show events. So we go on site to these large trade shows. Uh, Specifically, I have been focused on, I've done many things, but when I first joined, I was mostly focused on partner and industry events. So our our Google Cloud partners, such as uh, Cisco, SAP, VMware, uh, they put on large conferences and we show up with a booth at those conferences. Right. And then we also have our industries, our priority industries within Google Cloud, which are super important to us. So mm-hmm. I have mostly been focused on those. And that is media entertainment, gaming, retail, um, healthcare. And I would say those are our pri- like some of the priority industries where we have the largest events that we, we go on site for. Right. Um, so... I've been able, I mean, it's, it's an awesome, it's an awesome role. I never really knew what it would be like to go into trade show events. They're such a large event Mm -hmm. and they're very different because you're planning a booth and you're planning multiple days on site at this booth. So you're coordinating Mm -hmm. lots of different stakeholders, lots of people. Um, but you're also managing this relationship with the conference organizer, Mm -hmm. um, and then you're also, we usually work with an agency. And actually, funny enough, George P. Johnson is one of the agencies I worked quite a bit with. Right. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. So it's fun to to kind of have it come full circle. Yeah. But um, what, what about Netflix? Do you work with Netflix any too or not? 
you know, not too much. They're not, not much. super into the into the trade show world. I was um, gonna but, say probably not. Yeah. <laughs> but Reed Hastings, their CEO or one of their um, co CEO at this point, uh, he actually has commended like Google Cloud for our for our Meets technology, and so we're, we'll take that as a win. And we did include that quote on our right latest on. Uh, program. Right but um, yeah, so really involved in those, and so I have to say my role after COVID era has hit, right. has changed drastically, to be honest. Um, we are no longer able to go on site for these uh, conferences. Almost everything got say, canceled. Yeah. yeah. So the beginning of this year was quite a transition for my yeah. role as Jeez. also just like the events world in general. And yeah. we have to acknowledge the fact that it's not just, um, you know, these huge, these huge conferences that are affected. It's all of the small uh, events agencies that are building these booths for people, whether it's from mm-hmm. the carpet provider, whether it's from the technology provider, whether it's as little as like, you know, the swag that you offer. Yeah. Um, all of these people are affected in the ecosystem that puts yeah. these massive conferences on every year. And we're mm-hmm. talking like the conferences we would go to would be up into the 90,000s of, pe- yeah. of attendees. Yeah. So it's Insane. hugely... Yeah hugely impacted the industry for sure. And uh, you can't imagine even the economies of those local areas who are so used to hosting these conferences right. there as well. So let, let's, um, let, let's talk about that. I mean, as, as bad as it is to, uh, as painful as it is, let, let's, um, I, I think you can provide a unique perspective to, um, to, to those, uh, to our listeners along those lines, you know, I know you've had to pivot, right? That's one of those, right. one of those words, right. That everybody's using, right. The pivot. Um, and, and so you've had to pivot to, to the virtual space. And I know you were obviously, um, in being a virtual space <laughs> that, that you, um, you have the, the means and, and the, sure. and the tools to be able to do that. Um, and we all kind of know a little bit what that looks like, but what I guess I'm, most interested in from your perspective is what the future holds like is this going to be like some have said the end of business travel the end of business Mm. events where everyone sees now that we can do it virtually and why would we spend all that money on Mm. um on a trade show or on a convention or on that or is it going to be um, like I have theorized with some of with at times with our students and saying, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder <laughs> and that we we can't wait to get back to that, to, to how it was. Um, what's your what's your perspective along those lines? Yeah, it's a great question. And it's funny that you bring up pivot because I swear I've used that word every day since this whole thing <laughs> hit. I mean, everything's a pivot and or the word transformation. It's a digital mm-hmm. transformation. That's yes. been the. Yes. The keywords I've been using in my vocabulary lately. So it's a great question. And I will caveat like my opinions on where we're going is not Google's opinions on the matter. But I do think that um, we have been in such an interesting time for so many industries. For the events industry in particular, um, it has really made us... find new avenues and ways to connect with our audience. Mm-hmm. And it's not easy. I mean, even working for Google, you would think we have everything, mm-hmm. but we don't have it all figured out. Right. And I don't think anyone does, to be quite honest. I remember there was a period of time where a lot of these conferences were were transitioning and things were happening. I mean, people were having technical difficulties. Sites were crashing. We've never had to deal with this sort of digital transformation ever in the past. And infrastructures weren't built for hundreds of thousands of people to join a website that had never been joined before right. to this capacity or host this amount of 
digital content. Right. So and yet I wouldn't people say look that, at it and they're like, you're Google. How could you not yeah, be ready yeah, for that? Yeah, I was like, well, yeah. no one's ever done that before. So it's not, no, it doesn't matter whether no. Google or a small business is like not, that's not possible. Yeah. Right. And yeah. also too, like, you know, there's something about being a small business where you have a lot more of that. You're really agile. You mm-hmm. don't have a lot of, you know, things and you can use Good whatever point. you want. You have all these platforms. Good point. When you work at a place like Google, you want to use your internal built platforms and they're great, but they haven't, again, they've not had to do this sort of thing before. So one of our biggest challenges is every year we put on a massive conference called Google Cloud Next, and it's in Moscone Center. And it's usually in April for three days. Mm -hmm. Um, This all hit right before that. So we had to go through this decision, not just our third party events, which is the industry and partner events that I work on, but also our first party events, which is like Google Cloud Next, our massive event that happens every year. And there was this period of like, is this going to last? Should we make the decision? We don't want to be the first person to like pull out or to, you know, uh, or or to make the call. Uh, Other companies were slowly making that too. Um, So really, you have to think completely outside of the box. And we decided, okay, maybe we'll use the same dates but we'll make it digital. And then we realized, wait, this is way harder than we ever had imagined. It's not so easy as you like snap your fingers and the entire physical presence can be put into a digital form. There's so much more that goes into it. So we ended up um, actually just completing this. It was a nine week digital series that went from July till September. And every week was based on a different topic and it was all around our solutions. So we had productivity and collaboration, which is G Suite now called Workplace. Uh workspace. And then we also had AI and ML and we had all these different topics. And so every week we released new content video on demand. So like Netflix style. Um, But, and then we also had a five week program that was in EMEA and we had to think through all of this because Mm -hmm. there's, and I am currently actually working on a public sector event where we're trying to now try new things. So you would start putting in live components so that people can have the interactions. Mm. Um, so I'm not I'm just going to say this. When you transfer your event to a digital form, it is not easier. There are so many other things to take into consideration. Right. Misconduct, bullying online. Mm-hmm. Um, there are, you know, production. So if you want to pre-record, there's timelines involved with that. And you have to have agencies that help you with that. Um, there's an agency that needs to build your website and your platform. But you also want to have different components. So live question and answers or a polling or... Um, ways for people to have a happy hour and actually chat live. So there's so many things to consider. It's not just so easy as like, what's yeah. that my fingers? But the right. reality of it too, is that digital fatigue is so real. Everyone is taking calls every day, virtually from home yeah. that I'll admit, even I don't want to join a conference like in my spare time, yeah. I want to not be on the computer. So yeah. you have to think of different ways to innovate. And that's where, to your question, Dr. Greenlight, about um, what is the future? I do think this is going to change our events industry moving forward. I do think that we're going to find ways to kind of have hybrid models and we're going to go to more of this digital format. But I do think people love connection. They love interaction. Yeah. And I feel they're going to crave wanting to have that again Yeah. because you miss that. You just don't get that when you're digital. And I think once it's safe and maybe when a vaccine eventually is fully you know, ready and, and rolled out and maybe when this virus as a little bit more under control, there will be an opportunity. I think it'll be a slow and steady uh, rollout, but I do think people will be interested in gathering again, maybe just small ones. I think there'll be ways to think about 
how can we do smaller gatherings but still meaningful? How mm-hmm. are we targeting the right audiences for this? Mm-hmm. Also, um, what do what do people want to spend their time doing? Who do they want to spend that time with? And being very strategic about the way that you think through Mm -hmm. these audiences and how they want to enter back in. Everybody has different um, levels of uh, tolerance. Some of them are like, I don't want to be with another person for a while. I'm too scared. And others are like, put me out there, get me into this group. (laughs) I'm ready. Throw me in. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, great. Um, I, I appreciate your answer and and your, your thoughtful answer on that. And, um, you know, I, I think it's like you said, um, it's, uh, no one really knows the answer, but, um, but I, sure. I, I love, uh, I love your perspective on it. And, um, I, I think you have a, a pretty, pretty informed, uh, pretty informed perspective. I know a lot more informed than me just guessing. <laughs> so I, uh, I appreciate that. Um, the, you know, the last thing I, I'd love to talk to you about is, um, you know, you were, um, you missed our, our move to experience industry management know, and, um, and so, uh, yeah, you, you just missed it there. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's, um, it's opened so many doors for us in, in being, um, you know, that umbrella term that can kind of, that can cover everything that we do. And, and so I just wonder, um, if you could for a minute in, in reflecting on it in your world of, of, uh, of big tech and, and, and what, um, what you're seeing, you know, when I think about Google, when I, when I go back to what we were saying a few minutes ago, you know, that there've been movies on the Google culture and there've been movies on, on what it's like working for Google. And so I, I think, Google from, from that perspective has been trying to craft experiences or co co-create experiences with their employees, with their clients for, for many years. And uh, we look at Google as a, as a, um, as a beacon along those lines. And, and I just wonder if, um, if that has been your experience, do you, do you feel like that that's, um, that that's what it's like working for Google? Yeah. I actually think that the name change was awesome. And I do remember being a part of some of the surveys of what the name changes should be. And I think it's great. I honestly think it very well encompasses what our department is made of and the people involved in it. And then so, I mean, I remember a huge percentage, I think it was over 80% were events, uh, the events uh, concentration in particular. So I think this is awesome. And it's funny because I used to get the question all the time. Oh, Parks and Rec, like Leslie Nope, are you in that TV show? And so, <laughs> yeah, right. It's hilarious. So oh, I feel no. like this is really encompassing. And, and in fact, um, to that name in particular, Google's internal events team is called Events and Experiences. Yeah. Um, our My team within Google Cloud, which still falls under the larger marketing umbrella in Google, Mm-hmm. is events and strategic initiatives. Mm-hmm. And so there's all these different names to go about it, but I really do think that this is a great umbrella term for what it encompasses and all of the things that are involved because really marketing and events are all about experiences. Yeah. And I have to say, <laughs> when you say, what is the life of Brittany? My job is program management every single day. Right. I manage people. I manage different work streams. I We're herding cats on the regular. And that's <laughs> almost not giving us enough credit to say that either because <laughs> there's so much involved. It's, you yeah. know, so many pieces together. And I think right. that that's what you, you learn in events. And that's what makes events professionals so special mm-hmm. is the fact that we can, we don't have to necessarily be an expert in one thing. Like, 
I've been on Google Play and I've been on an AI fund and I've been in Google Cloud and uh -huh. we learn quickly, but we mostly know how to execute so exceptionally well. Right. Because we've learned how to be organized, how to get things done, um, right. you know, how to problem solve. And those are, I think, what we A learned at Cal Poly and in mm -hmm. this department. And B, that's what that's what makes you successful in the events industry. Mm -hmm. Um and like just just in general, like being able to produce anything or to um, execute well, you have to have all of those skills. Um, yeah. Working well with others, problem solving, um, you know, working through ambiguity, and just like being on your toes. And so I think that uh, definitely what I learned at Cal Poly and learned by doing is like set me up for success at Google. And I would say um, that learn by doing mentality is actually. So much of what I, so much of what I apply now, right. it's like I have learned and gotten to the place I am because of actually being in and doing it. Like I said, yeah. I had never done trade shows prior. I had done right. so many different types of events, but like never right. a trade show. Right. And just being world. thrown yeah. into it. Yeah, yeah. Whole new world. Being thrown into it and realizing really at the end of the day, what it comes down to is like, how am I managing people? How am I managing my deliverables? Mm -hmm. Um, how am I connecting the two? And like, I really feel like saying, um, experience industry management, like, it, it's 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 so true. We literally are just ma managing all of these components in an, an experiential way, and yeah. I think marketing is fully experiential. Every any way you can think about that, uh, it is really. It, I mean, it's really amazing, and I do think that that name change is like very monumental and and a true testimony to like what you're teaching every day. <laughs> right, right, and I and I love it. And as you were talking, I started thinking. I'm like, you're you're right around your um, your graduating class. That was right around when we were getting the bubbling up of students saying, "I'm being grilled by some of these corporate people about what why they should hire a parks and rec person." And it's yeah. making it harder for me to get a job. And then, yes. so when we when we started hearing that, that's when we were like, eh, we got to make a change. And and the change has been um, extraordinary for us. And uh, and I love it. And um, and I just want to say thank you so much. Um, I know how busy you are pivoting and transforming. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to I just want to thank you so much for taking the time and uh, just really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me and uh, appreciate all your time as well. Of course. See ya. Thank you. Thanks.